0: You're listening to the Audacious As Fuck Podcast. I'm your host, Martha Ramos, Dominican-born, New York City raised, a former advertising executive turned coach, speaker, and personal empowerment expert. And I'm on a mission to encourage more women to be the chief empowered officer, aka the CEO of Her Life. So if you have the audacity to play by your own rules, and are ready to cultivate, elevate, and own a thriving life and business, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Oh, and P.S. as a Latina, get ready to listen to some bilingualism or Spanglish thrown into the mix. So cheers to you, my friend. And I can't wait to get to know you and connect with you. And I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Audacious As Fuck podcast. I am your host, Marta Ramos, and I am so excited about this conversation. I literally just met Basavi Kumar, which is like sexy as fuck, if I may say so myself. Yes, say it. Say it yourself. <laughs> Please, say it again. I so love much. that name. <laughs> and she is a writer, an actor, a comedian. And a confidence coach. She is also a podcast host, and I am so excited to have her on the show. She is a first generation Indian immigrant who grew up in a traditional Hindu household in a predominantly white Long Island town. So I'm assuming you are a sister from New York. Sure am. I grew up on 97. Hello. Woo! Love it. Mi gente, I'm telling you, get ready for this conversation. Mi gente, love
1: me some Espanol. Thank you. <laughs>
0: So, you know what, with that, Vasavi, I was going to say, you know, our topic is all about cultivating self-trust and acceptance. And I think she is a perfect guest to have on this topic because she's actually going through a transition in her life, her career, her business. So I'm just going to let her come on the show and just share a little bit about her journey and what led her to this chapter of her life. So, Hey
1: sexy thing, welcome to the show. Please, I, I have never had a host in my life call me or say to me, hey, sexy thing. So I am here <laughs> for it. I am here for all I am receiving all the sexiness appreciation. Um thank you so much. So I heard you say Marta. It's Marta. Sí. Marta, right. And and in our language, I speak Tamil. I'm from South India. We can roll our R. So rrr, Marta. Marta Ramos. 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 Yeah. So um thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, I mean. Right now, as we record this, I am in the middle of a transition. For 11 years, I've been in business for myself. I went from, I'm 39 now. 11 years ago, I was 28. I just graduated from my master's in social work. And then I went into a year-long coaches training program. So I don't want to get too caught up on all the things I've done. What I want to get caught up in is Mm -hmm. what fueled me to make all those choices, okay? Mm -hmm. And realizing now, 11 years later, like, shit, I've been in the wrong profession. And I want to say wrong, not in a judgmental way. At the time, it fit me. But now, it's no longer working for me. It's wrong for the Vasavi now. I am so grateful for the therapy I've provided as a licensed therapist. I am so grateful for the coaching that I've provided, for the group coaching programs. I'm so grateful for all of it for what it's led me to and who it's led me to. But what has fueled me my entire life is that it is my job to take care of other people. But I want to go deeper than that because it's not that it's my job. It's that I truly feel the most alive and the most aligned with God when I'm being of service to other people. It came from a very Mm -hmm. pure place. I truly believe fundamentally every single human being is a good person. I don't care all the things you've done. People may not agree with me when I say this, put in front of me someone that society would say is the worst person in the world. I can find one good thing about that person. And I truly believe that as human beings, we want to see the good in ourselves. We want to see the good in others. And that's just who I've been since I was a kid. I don't know why. That's just who I am. I'm not going to question it. But because of that, And also the constructs and the constraints that our society and our culture puts on us, right? Like go get a job or, you know, exchange your time for money or do it this way. Or like you have to be the one to deliver the service, you know, and I saw both my parents who are immigrants from India as white collar professionals. My father's a retired CPA, was in private practice. My mother is a retired cardiologist, was in private practice. I saw them work very hard. So I just thought, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to have my own office. I'm going to have my clients. And it worked for me. I'm very good at what I do. I'm very good at what I do. The money has been great for me for 11 years. I enjoy helping other people. And I think all entrepreneurs need to hear this, that you are your most valuable business strategy, right? We're always looking to see what's the next strategy. And I always say strategy without a sense of self is pointless. So I've made a lot of moves in my life. I've made so many moves from former TV host to plant-based chef to registered yoga teacher. Let's see, what else? I play tennis. I do this. I do, I do all the things mm-hmm. with every choice that we make and what we're drawn to. We have to ask ourselves, what is fueling these decisions? Like, wh- where is this mm-hmm. coming from? The, the impetus to do these things. And so now I'm just in a place where I've spent a lot of time in solitude, being very curious about why I do what I do. Is it still in alignment with me? If I could do anything, what would it be? And so those are all the simple but not so easy questions that I've been answering. And that's why what you see today is writer, actor, comedian, and confidence coach as we newly presented today on the Audacious As Fuck podcast.
0: I love it. So I know you spoke about what fueled it, but what has been the most challenging as you've transitioned from what you used to be and what everybody knows you as to this new um, venture that you're going on this new journey? What has been the most challenging aspect.
1: Well, where do I begin? Uh, you know, I'm known for being a therapist. I'm known for being a coach. This is what I get paid to do. This is what people know me as. People don't know me as a writer, actor and comedian. I just signed my book deal. I'm a writer. I'm like, oh, I am a writer. Shit, I'm writing every day. I guess I am a writer. I've been in a, sh- a short film. I've been in a few commercials. I have an agent. I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. I'm an actor right? I'm I'm an aspiring actor, but I just kind of drop the aspiring, just own it. I'm an actor. I'm taking a nine-week acting class starting. next week. I'm an actor. I'm committed to this. Reading the books, doing the body work movements, uh, you know, looking at all my creative blockages, my expression blockages. I'm a comedian. I did a six-week comedy show. I did my showcase December 13th. I've been in two open mics. I, I'm supposed to be in my first all-female comedy show tonight, but because of the snow and sleet in Austin, we're doing that in two weeks. I'm a comedian. And I'm writing a one woman comedy show, which I'm going to film and perform for my 40th birthday. I'm a comedian. Let me tell you, the the hardest part to answer your question is to own it. Mm. Because, oh, I don't have a Netflix special. I'm not Mindy Kaling. I'm not Lily Singh. I'm not Russell Peters. I mean, I don't I haven't sold out theaters. No, I'm not that. I can't call myself that. It's like, no, but I can, though. And, you know, and I think we wait until we've hit certain milestones to give ourselves a title. Mm -hmm. But what I just listed I think to anyone would be like, yeah, she's doing the damn thing. I'm a comedian. I'm a com- that's that's who I am. That's who I am. I want to make you laugh. I want to make you think I have no problem bearing my soul so you can laugh at my pain. So maybe your pain feels a little less painful to you. Mm. I'm still doing the same thing. I'm still helping other people. I ha- I'm i not getting paid for it yet, except for my acting. I do get paid for that comedy. Not yet, but. I'm still doing the very thing that has fueled me my whole life, which is how can I help another person free themselves from their own suffering? Oh, laugh at my pain, like Kevin Hart says, right? I'm going to, you know, laugh at my pain. Let's laugh at it together because that's what comedy is in its purest form is just alchemized darkness. Yeah. We have found the humor in the darkest parts of ourselves. And that's what I'm doing.
0: And I love it. And I think what you said about owning it, I mean, you know, part of my CEO method and being the CEO of your life, your dreams, your career the O is all about owning it. Own every part of who you are, own your voice, own your story, own your the good, the bad and the ugly. Like I like to say, just own it because that's, for me, I feel like that's where you get your, not just your your sense of self, but also your power, that inner power that we all have is just by owning who we are and everything that comes with it. Now, with that being said, What do you think often holds people back from shedding their mask and becoming their most authentic, honest self? You know,
1: I used to answer that question with, oh, I think people are afraid to shed their mask because of what other people will think. I do still believe that that's true to a to a degree. But I also think it's we all say we want freedom. But with great freedom comes a lot of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And we say we want freedom, but with freedom comes uncertainty because when you're truly free and you're not really controlling, trying to control the perceptions of others, you're not trying to control how you are, you are susceptible to anything. There is a very high level of uncertainty that comes with freedom, which is scary as fuck. Yeah. Right. So I recently shared on my newly reintroduced podcast, Say It Out Loud podcast, I share two things. I want to talk about the shedding of masks because that's what you're saying, right? I have, for the past three years, people have known me. It's been part of my journey, my addiction and recovery journey. I'm almost three years sober from cocaine and alcohol, went to rehab twice. That's the story that I tell everywhere. I mean, it's it's the truth. It's what I went through. Mm -hmm. Almost three years later, no medication, no mood stabilizers, no bipolar disorder medication that I was on and um, no anxiety medication, no depression. I'm, I'm not on anything, which is nothing wrong if you're on those things. But for me, that was very important that I'm completely sober and I learned to be with the mind that God gave me, not a medicated mind. I did a lot, all of this under the help of a doctor, okay? So I, was, I got sober first, was still on medication, then I weaned off the medication. So shedding masks on my... First reintroduction episode back to the Say It Out Loud podcast. I shared that I've been using cannabis. I've been consuming cannabis to help with my anxiety. That was really hard for me to admit out loud because my entire identity for the past three years, because I burned my life down a little bit. I had to come back. I've been back for three years strong. Sobriety is strong, feel really good. And in the recovery community, it's very much like, well, once an addict, always an addict. And I had a difficult time accepting that this is the label that I'm, I'm just going to call myself an addict. addict. Isn't the whole point of recovery and sobriety? And what I want your audience to hear is sobriety from anything, recovery from anything, right? Emotional sobriety, mm-hmm. porno sobriety, porno, rec- whatever it is, any, any eating, anything. Isn't the point of getting sober and to recover from the things that have Gotten us to where we are. Isn't the point to trust yourself? Mm. So I don't walk around anymore being like, Ooh, if I have a sip of wine, I'm going to go back off the wagon. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to do all these things. See, I didn't want to live like that. See, I have, I have no desire to drink alcohol. I want to make, if in the summertime, do I ever have a craving? Yes, I don't act on it though. Let me tell you why. When you start to really trust yourself, you listen to what your body tells you, right? And when I've even ever thought about even drinking, my body will be like, don't do that. You know how it goes. You're gonna, It's going to hit the dome. You're going to want three more drinks. You're going to then try to get a bag of cocaine. Don't do that. Now, I haven't experimented that far. I don't know if that's the case. But I also don't like drinking because I feel like shit the next day. So I'm very clear on that. Mm-hmm. This past December, I went to Colorado to start writing my manuscript. And my body said, we're in Colorado, let's go smoke some weed. So I went and got some pre-rolled joints. I didn't tell anyone about it. I, I told my sister, I did tell my sister because I'm, I'm in open communication. I don't like keeping secrets. I didn't want it to feel like a secret, like I was doing something, like I was hiding it. And I realized when I smoked cannabis, I go, I feel warm and fuzzy inside. I feel good. Like my My personality didn't change, but my body felt calmer. And I realized this is a nice healing medicine for me. This is a season that I'm going through. My point in sharing this is that the mask that we wear, the mask that I wore, which is I'm sober, I'm in recovery. I'm, I, I promise you I'm, I'm a good girl. I promise you I'm not going to like it was all being fueled from all this fear of judgment. When, when I just relaxed with myself a little bit and and tuned into what I needed, I realized, you know, cannabis makes me feel very calm inside my body. It's one of the many tools that I have in my mental health toolkit. I was afraid to share this with my audience because I thought Mm. they would worry about me. I thought they would be like, oh, my God, she's lost it. And I was like, no, I know what's best for me right now. Smoking a little weed here and there, microdosing every day feels good for me. And I trust myself. And I'm going to share this with somebody on the other side because they may be listening and maybe they've been wondering, hey, should I, you know, I I need, you know, so. I love it. And how, how does
0: how does one begin to cultivate that self-trust? Can you share like maybe a tool that you use or teach your clients?
1: Yeah, so it's gonna sound a little harsh, but let's just do it. Um, I would say this, I want you to allow yourself to burn everything down. Just imagine with me, burn down everything in your life that doesn't feel good. And when I say burn, I mean, you're, you're gently releasing. Just play with it and say, what do I not like in my life? Just be honest with yourself. I don't like the way I feel in my body. I don't like my clothes. I don't like how I talk to myself. I don't like how I've been eating. I don't like this. Just, just be real with yourself. Like it's okay to say, you know what? This feels like shit. I don't want this anymore. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say that. It's, oh, we don't have to say, Oh, but I should be grateful. I asked a friend yesterday, are you happy? She goes, I'm grateful. I go, what does that mean? <laughs> Are you happy though? I under you. I please be grateful. But are you are you hiding under gratitude so you don't have to really be with the sadness? It's easy to say, "Oh, I should be grateful," but you're not happy. Yeah, you're not happy, and that's a big one. That's a big one. That gratitude shit. Yeah, and I'm. It's it is an instant dopamine release. It makes you feel good, but please be mindful when you're using it to not have to be honest with yourself about how you really feel. It's like women in abusive relationships. It's all relationships. Oh, but I'm grateful to have a partner. Yeah, but they treat you like shit. Mm. Oh, he provides for me, but he treats you like shit. Say it loud. He treats you like shit, or he or she, I want to be, I mean, I'm I'm speaking from my perspective. So it's like, yeah, for me, it's like, oh yeah, but the sex is really good. Yeah, but he cheats on you. Mm. Oh, but he cooks for you. Yeah, but then he gives you the silent treatment when he's mad at you. So what I did to start cultivating self-trust with myself is I looked at areas of my life where I had made it somebody else's responsibility to love me. Where am I still waiting for somebody else to take care of me and show me life and show me attention? And why am I not entrusting myself to give it to myself? Why is my love for myself less than what somebody else can give me? You know, so... That's what I started doing. Even that trip to Colorado, I was always like, I want a guy to go to a cabin with in the mountains. I want to have a romantic trip in the mountains. I want to do it with the guy. Nope. I booked that trip by myself. Four days, got the groceries, fireplace. It was like I was Cameron Diaz in the holiday. I love it.
0: I love that movie. Whether
1: it's in business or in romantic life. No, it's a great movie. Where are you still waiting for someone to give you the permission to go be, do, and have the thing that you want? Mm. so that's my step is to look at things that you don't like in your life and uh, in your life and whose permission are you waiting for yeah whose are you waiting for it's it's you at the end of the day it's you that has to give you the permission that's what i'm trying to say here that's like drop the mic type of thing
0: because it's like listen who are you waiting to give yourself permission to do the shit you want to do yeah or to let go of the things that no longer serve you
1: Yeah, that's Mm. the thing. And then also, when it comes to our careers, we're like, we've been doing this for so long. And you asked me, what are some of my fears about transitioning? This is my lowest. No, let me let me say this differently. I went below my energetic minimum in my income this month. I'm used to a set standard of income. I went below my energetic minimum. I have a certain amount that I like to make every month. And because I'm in transition and I wanted to do things differently instead of having all my ducks in a row and have it be perfect in order for me to transition, I trusted. I said, God, you have never let me down. Mm. You have never let me down. You know, I, I was thinking about my addiction. I could have overdosed, never overdosed, never overdosed once. I've, I've driven fucked up out of my mind, never gotten to a car accident. God has always been there with me. So why would he not be there with me now? He was with there. He was there with me in the darkest of times when I could have really died. I could have had a cardiac arrest with the amount of cocaine I was doing five days a week. Mm -hmm. But so he let me, he, he had my back there. Why would he not have my back now? I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And so that's why I, you know, this month it's been the energetic minimum. I'm the happiest I've ever been. I'm the happiest. I'm the most passionate (laughs) I'm the most aligned. I'm the most confident. I'm the most chill. The ideas are coming through me. The implementation of the ideas is simple. It's like everything I've wanted, and it's the, it's so simple. I was even sharing with you, Martha, about how I do, Martha, how I do um, voice notes to my audience, mm-hmm. to my email subscribers. I struggle with sending emails, right, writing it. And the idea came to me, I want to send voice notes. It just came through me because when your nervous system is calm and when you are calm, the creative ideas come through Absolutely. You and you can sift and you can discern. And it's funny because when you mentioned
0: career, um, I remember having conversations with friends and I'm like, hey, wouldn't you want to start your own business? Like, wouldn't you want to, like I teach women how to start and scale their businesses from a perspective of, being in alignment with who they are, their gifts, what they bring to the table, their skills, their knowledge, their education, and a lot of them is like, mm, yeah, but you know, I have to be certain that I'm making a certain amount of money, or you know, I have to make sure that I have that 401k and the medical and all these benefits, which you know what, I agree are good things to have, but if it's at the price of your soul being sucked into a life of unhappiness and unfulfillment, I don't want it. Like people thought I was crazy walking away from a six figure job when, and I was let go. And I'm honest with people. I was like, let go shy of my 40th birthday. This is now, I can't believe I'm going to be 45 this year, but <sighs> it was the most happiest moment of my life because it's like, first of all, I was miserable. So Screw the six figures, screw the 401k, screw all of that. Because at the end of the day, I felt like I was slowly suffocating, like I was dying. And that's not how I wanted to live my life. That was a
1: blessing that you got let go.
0: It, it, it was. I say it all the time. It is a blessing yeah. in disguise.
1: Yeah, I can hear that in your voice. Like you're like, thank God I was let go. You know, one thing I've been retracting a lot of the things that I usually say on podcasts. Um, One of the things. That I always say on podcasts, and I want to correct myself because it goes with what you were saying about, you know, become who you know yourself to be, become the real you, become the real you. Here's the thing about becoming the real you. It is an evolving process. Mm-hmm. The real me a year ago was coach, podcast host. Okay. Yeah. And the real me today is I'm an author. I'm a writer. I'm an actor. I'm a comedian. I'm a this. the we. There's no finish line. So if you looked at discovering the real you as like an everyday peeling back, how can I be even more of me? If you do that every day and you got to see this motion, if you peel it back every day, you'll get closer and closer and closer. Do I think writer, actor and comedian is it for me? Absolutely not. There's more. That's how deep we are. Yeah, that's how much depth we have. We're talking. I'm talking 39 years plus previous lifetimes. If you believe in any previous life, I'm bringing all that with me, and we want to get the results right away. We want the four. I mean, like that's all external security. Yep, that's external security. The 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 one thing that no one can ever take of me away from me is my self trust. Mm. You cannot take away. You could take away my clients you could take away my monthly recurring revenue you can take away my 401k my insurance but you can't take away my trust and belief in myself hello i'm rich hello i love that like and and i want people to understand like when
0: you start showing up as the most authentic version of yourself and unapologetic as fuck there's a certain sense of freedom that comes with that where we have shed our mask where we are peeling back those layers like an onion. And let me tell you, for for people listening, it is the most amazing feeling to be in alignment with who you truly are. And, you know, also accepting the fact that you're constantly evolving and growing as a human and that that's okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's it. It's this, we have to unlearn, unravel everything. We have to, burn down everything just to play with, just burn it down for a second, right? Like just, just ask yourself, ask yourself this question. If I could burn it all down, no, not even if I, I'm going to burn it all down. What would I create then? Just start with the blank slate. You don't have to act on it. You don't, but feel how you feel when you say the things I said, Oh my God, I want to be in a black box theater. And I want to be in front of like a hundred people and write a one woman comedy show about being the unsuitable Indian girl. And I want to get it filmed. And I was like, (laughs) I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe when I felt that I was like, oh, I can't breathe. Okay. I need to do this. I need, I need to, I could feel it because it was taking my breath away. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, but when I think about other things, I'm like, no, that doesn't sound good. So you just got to allow yourself to really burn it down. Burn that shit down just for fun, just for fun. You don't actually have to burn it down. That's how I think people can start to get a little bit more comfortable with the with the idea of transitioning or reinventing is just play with me for a second. Imagination is free. If we could burn it all down and build it up for this next year, what would you want? For the next three mm-hmm. months to six months, what would you want? Just play with me. Can we be in the sandbox and just play? Let's just play. I love that. Have fun with it. Who could you be? We literally can be anyone we want to be. That's that God energy. Yeah. That's God energy.
0: And and I think accepting that it's okay to make mistakes because you will make mistakes along the way. Like some of the choices that you make may not turn out, you know, the way you want it, but it's, it's okay for you to make mistakes. It's accepting that as well. Because I think a lot of women, especially women and women of color, that fear of being judged or... Perceived. Yeah, we gotta work harder. Yes.
1: We gotta work harder. I'm Indian, right? We're the model minority. We're the doctors. We're the, you know, we're supposed to be the smart lawyers. Yeah. And here I am being a clown on stage. That goes against what my, what, what people think my people should be like. Yeah. Indians should be, Indian women should be demure. We shouldn't be loud. We're, we're, we're so good with our cooking and this. We're such good caretakers. Yes. Oh, look at, who is this Indian woman on stage flailing her arms, right? Women of color have more pressure put on them because they are women of color, Mm -hmm. period. You're not in the majority. You're going to have to work extra hard to stand out. That is the reality of life. And I have to be honest with you,
0: like meeting you because I believe you're my first um, Indian, you know, from first generation Indian um, guest on the show. But that was my perception of your community is you guys are always so demure, so well behaved. You guys don't really curse, you know, and I'm like, when
1: I met you and I'm seeing how you're expressing yourself, I'm like, oh, my God, I love this woman. That like that. That's the thing. Every subculture, every culture has norms and expectations. As an Indian woman, uh, it is very rare to see an Indian woman who is single, who is divorced, who's chosen not to have kids, who's been in addiction and recovery, who's open about her mental health issues, bipolar disorder, ADHD, all that, who talks about cannabis, who talks about uh, sex, who talks about the darkest parts of ourselves. Right? We. I'm not supposed to do that. If you look at me, I should be. Your doctor—that's who I'm, I'm supposed to be. Your doctor, right? Like I'm Indian. I'm supposed to be your doctor. I'm supposed to be quiet. I'm supposed to be an IT quiet. Go home and cook for my husband, who I left. Right. So I am not the average the the Indian woman, and it's I know a lot of women out there, regardless of skin color, go through this. Being a woman in and of itself is difficult. We are expected to be the emotional airbags yeah. for everybody. Mm. Now I know that you've overcome
0: a lot of rock bottom moments. And you seem, from what I can see, come out stronger on the other side. What's one tip that you would give our audience who may be in a situation where they're, you know, feeling stuck or they've hit rock bottom, how can they come out stronger on the other side? Like what's one tip that they can do or wisdom that you can share?
1: I want to address something that you said. You said to me, you look like you've come out stronger on the other side. This is the thing that nobody tells you about being strong. I'm fucking tired, Marta. Mm. I'm tired is what I am. Yes, I'm strong and I'm tired of who do I need to be to make you like me? Who do I need to be? What should I not say? Oh, I can't say this. This is too much for you. That's tiring. Yeah, that's tiring. So, yes, I am very much strong. I am much stronger on the other side and I'm tired. So the very first step for your audience to really be honest with themselves, ask themselves is and admit to themselves, I'm tired Mm -hmm. of being somebody that I'm not. I'm not gonna get you in motion and start giving you the steps. Go do this, go do this, go do this. No, can you first admit that you're tired? You're tired. You feel like you have no power in your life. You feel like no matter how much you work, It's never good enough when it comes to, you know, other things in your life that you want to do. You keep questioning yourself. That's tiring. So when you admit that you're tired, you start being gentle with yourself. You start giving yourself what you need. You start taking action based on what feels good and what feels in alignment with you. You become stronger. Mm. It's tiring going against yourself all the time. Yeah. When you stop going against yourself and you stop going... In, 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 with yourself going against you and with you become stronger. Yeah. That's where strength comes from. I love it. And,
0: you know, going against the grain and, and define the status quo for me, it's what this podcast is all about, right? Like, how do you become the CEO of your life? It's really taking ownership of who you are what you want and letting go of all these things that you think you need to be for the sake of, you know um, having other people, like you said, like you. So I'm like, your mind is blown right now. I'm looking at you. I'm like, like, I, and this is what I love about engaging and getting to meet and connecting with other women. It's like, at the end of the day, we have more things in common than we have a a part. It's just that some of us have
1: the audacity to actually face it. Yes, that's right. Admit it and get shit done. Yeah. And that's where your confidence comes from. What you see here is not manufactured. This is, this comes from, yeah, I'm doing the things every day. You know what I did two days ago? Your, your audience wants to hear this. You can put the link. To, I, I actually go in depth on my podcast over this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, the episode title is called Naked. I had a white woman come over my house two days ago and witnessed me take off my clothes naked. Wait,
0: for the first time you've never met her before?
1: So we met. So on Monday morning, I was looking in the mirror naked. This is what I do to help me with my on por- on stage performance. Any sort of body image issues, whatever, whatever's keeping me f- trapped in my body on stage. I want to be free. I'm like a Lucille Ball, Carol Burnett esque Jim Carrey. I'm flay. I'm goofy as fuck. You would never know the voices that I have. I dance around my house naked, but when it comes to being on stage, I'm a great deliverer. But my body's mm-hmm. not in it, and I can feel that. So Monday morning, this was a few days ago. I looked in the mirror naked and I was practicing and I was saying to myself, kind things to my body, kind things. I practice kindness, but I hate my stomach. And I said that out loud. I hate my stomach. You've gained weight over the years. And I um, I said that out loud. And then I talked back out loud to myself. I dialogue with myself and I said, we need somebody to witness us. We look at ourselves through such unkind eyes. Maybe we just need to be witnessed through somebody else's loving eyes. It, I didn't need a man to do that for me. I needed a woman to do that for me mm-hmm. because I realized my mother also had her own body shame issues and would always talk about her weight. And when I was 16, 17, I was dancing around in my bra and underwear to uh, Beyonce and she slapped me across the face for being too sexy. So, you know, for me, I've always been kind of, a, ash- you know, I love my body, but I'm ashamed of it. It's, it's weird. And I, and I looked down at my body and I said, this is not my body. This is my mother's body. I have my mother's body. Physically, I have my mother's body. And, and by the way, this is not like, I don't need people to be like, oh, but you're beautiful as you are. I'm not questioning my beauty. I just look down. It's kind of like we look at our thoughts. We're like, these are not my thoughts. These are Mm -hmm. parental thoughts. I looked at my body and I realized this is not my body. So that happened Monday morning. And then two hours later, I went to a friend's daughter's religious ceremony. And I met this woman there named Monica we just hit it off. We just met. We just went deep. That's what happens when you connect with women on the same wavelength. We just started talking. And I said, you know, I really had this thought this morning. I want someone to witness me naked. She goes, I'll do it. I go, really? She said, yeah. I go, okay. All right. So she came over the next night at 730. We did this little ceremony. I closed my eyes. I talked to every part of my body, my toes, my knees, everything. I got in front of the mirror. I was standing in front of my full length mirror. She's standing. to the the side and I can see her. So she's my audience, Mm. right? So this is how this is helping me on stage. I derobed completely, talked to each part of my body, did a 360 turn in front of her, um, talked to each part of my body, to myself in the mirror. She was just there as the uh, audience. I didn't even groom down there, if you know what I mean. (laughs) So I was out there. Let me tell you, I've never felt more free in my life. Yeah, More free in my life. And the reason why it's important, I want to share this, that she was a white woman Growing up in an all white town, all the white girls made fun of me. White people scare the fuck out of me. Are you kidding me? When I go to a, any place and it's, uh, when I, you know, if I go to a restaurant, if I go to a, a social event, if I'm speaking at a, uh, at an event, if I, if the whole audience is white, I get, really nervous because I grew up in an all-white town where I'd walk into the classroom and all the kids would make fun of me. Mm. They'd make fun of my name. They'd say, you smell like curry. Oh, you're a poo from the Simpsons. Oh, you have a nose like Gonzo, curry in a hurry. So walking into a room with an all-white audience was very terrifying. So to have a blonde, white woman witness my body completely naked in my house, oh my God, how liberating. Wow.
0: And all that stuff you shared about your childhood, I feel like we need to have you back for another episode to talk about the bullying and the shame
1: and how that transitions into our adulthood. Well, we, we can, we absolutely can, but here's what it boils down to. Whatever you are resistant Doing or or people that you're resistant around, there's there's an opportunity to alchemize that, right? I could either sit yeah. and be like, oh, I don't like my body," or this I've gained weight, or I can be like, "What do I actually need?" I just wish someone, I just want someone else to see me naked and tell me that I'm beautiful because mm-hmm. I look at my body through my mother's eyes. That listen, I've been in therapy since I was 12 years old. My entire life has been committed to. My entire life has been committed to really, really understanding my relationship to myself. This is what I do because and I want your audience to hear this. Make that your job is to understand yourself better than anybody else. And see what emerges.
0: Yeah. And and as part of my you know, teaching and coaching is really showing women how to become more self-aware and really own, like mm-hmm. I mentioned before, every part of their journey, the good, the bad and the ugly. But that self-awareness piece is so key in really living a a, a freedom-filled life. And I'm not saying about just, like, I don't talk about just time freedom and money freedom, but that emotional freedom that sometimes tends to hold, especially women of color, back from really expressing themselves fully. And I love that technique that you use to, like, really get in front of the mirror, but naked and just say kind words to yourself. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's that's an important tool that that women, especially women of color, should should take the time to do.
1: I will say this. I said thank you to my stomach, because if it wasn't for my hatred towards my stomach, I wouldn't have had the thought to be witness naked. So it was like full circle. You know, Um, I feel great today. Like, I feel awesome. I feel good in my body. I did a 360 turn and I was like, man, look at you. You're looking good, you know, and just just checking myself out. And it felt good to be witnessed by Monica. She's a she's a beautiful human being. Yeah. I just I met her. Yeah, yeah.
0: Love it, love it. So listen, before we wrap up, I always like to ask my audience, you know, or I should say my guest, um, two questions. So one is, what does being the CEO of your life and or business mean to you? Being the CEO of
1: my life is that. I am the creator. I'm the creator. I create every single aspect of my life. I am the creator and I am the destroyer of my life. Mm -hmm. I have the power to destroy and I have the power to create. And you can destroy all the shit that you don't want and you can create all the things that you do want. Love it. That's it. Love you it. You the power.
0: And I, I usually like to say what has been the most audacious thing you've ever done or what makes you feel audacious as fuck? And I feel like
1: you mentioned it earlier about getting completely naked in front of a stranger. But I'm going to let you answer that. You want to know something? Too? I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't have an answer for that. I haven't done it yet. These are micro. These are micro steps for sure. I'm not there yet. It's not, it hasn't happened yet. You'll know.
0: Interesting.
1: So getting naked in front of a stranger is not audacious. It, that's all. No, that for me is all part of the journey. That doesn't feel audacious mm. for me. It's like, it feels so natural for, for my personality. Okay, let's do it. We're going to bare our souls, We're going to bare our vaginas. We're going to bare our ass cracks. Let's do it. It's so, that's normal for me. Okay. It is. Because it, it, that's, and I know it was normal because it was so easy for me to just do it. I didn't resist it. I... I, I, I don't think I have something yet. Okay. Well, that's a first and I love it. We've had many firsts, I think, on this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, so thank and you. I, and I'll tell you, I, I want to I, I just talk about it for a second. And I think it's the reason why it doesn't feel audacious is because when you're in the habit of constantly excavating parts of yourself, it feels natural. It's, it's part of my practice and my life consistently be looking at ways that i'm holding myself back finding ways to excavate it transform it alchemize it heal it move on so we're getting somewhere i'm I'm like where where is this all taking me you know so i'm just we're in it right now yeah
0: you're in that self-discovery phase um i love it well listen vasavi yeah kumar Oh, my God. Love it. Say that to me always. Say that to me always. Um, I love having you on the show. I feel like you need to come back, especially when you when your book is published so we can, you know, talk about it, go through it. I can't really I can't wait to read it. Um, But with that, I want to say thank you so much for being a part of our show. Kudos to you for showing up, sharing your truth sharing every part of who you are. And I am here to continue witnessing your journey. And I can't wait. You need to invite me to your one woman show because I am definitely there.
1: Yes, I have to write. I mean, that's what I'm doing this whole weekend is I got to write it. I got to edit. It. I need some massive focused writing time. Yeah, it needs to happen this weekend. So I've already blocked it out of my calendar. You will know. Good. when it's time to go. Good. Yeah.
0: And with that, I want to say, you know, mi gente... I hope you guys took away some wisdom and insights from her journey, right? She kept it real and that's what I love. And with that, I will catch you guys on our next episode. Thanks for joining us this week on the Audacious Ass Fuck podcast. If you love the show, please make sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can also come hang out with me on Instagram at mramosofficial. And if you want to learn more on how we can work together, don't forget to visit the website and check out what we have to offer. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode.